June is Audiobook Month. Join Viviana, the Enchantress of Books, and the Audiobook Lovin' series as she celebrates the authors and narrators who bring your favorite stories to life. Not only will this month be packed with exciting guest podcasts full of all things books, but stick around after each episode for some special information about this year's giveaway and more. Welcome to season nine, episode seven of this year's audiobook loving series. Today, I have a pleasure chatting with narrator Paige Reisenfeld. Thank you for being here. How are you doing today? Thank you for having me. I'm fantastic. Well, so why don't we start with having you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been narrating, and how you got started on this journey? Uh, yeah, so I've been narrating. I guess my first book was published October fourth, twenty twenty one. And I had started training in like June of that year. So we're approaching the two-year mark. Nice. We're like a month away from the two-year mark. <laughs> I started in like audiobook month. Yay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> So I got started because, um, you know, I used to do uh, traveling children's theater. I was a classical voice major in college. And then the pandemic hit and theater disappeared. So I had to figure out a new way to make ends meet. And I started working for the Zahn. I was driving for a little bit and then I moved to the warehouse just because the hours were more reliable than delivery driving. But it's really boring working like 10 and a half hour shifts and just listening to like the machinery and um, even though we weren't allowed to have anything in our ears so I'd stick one earbud in under like a knit headband I started listening to podcasts um, I made my way through all 300 something episodes of my favorite and then I was like okay well now like I was having trouble finding a podcast I was interested in again so I started listening to audio and I went up to visit my dad at some point it turned out he and I were listening to the same audiobook which was one of the Helldivers books by R.C. Bray who was my dad's favorite narrator I don't know we just got to talking about narrators and he looked at me and he goes you know I, I think you could narrate you have a great voice to to do narration and I was like oh you know I never really thought about it but I'll do some research did some research found Mike Lenz's podcast who I actually that episode aired yesterday because I got to talk to him <laughs> it was like oh full circle but he was interviewing people in the VO industry and one of them was Jeff Kafer and I liked Jeff's kind of like I'm not going to BS you attitude so I signed up for his 10 minute free like consultation where he listens to you read and then basically tells you whether or not he thinks you can do it and he told me he thought I could and I signed up for training and here I am yeah he is so great so great nice I love Jeff no he's awesome. no like even listening to the podcast I was like you know and he's he gonna is, he's gonna he's give it to you straight which He'll tell you like don't don't mind me just yeah so I appreciated that and it was like that when I trained with him too he was like mm. when you're investing in yourself the only way for you to grow right. is to have someone in your camp to, that's going to say, listen, you know, I love you, but otherwise, if you're surrounded by yesers, um, you're never going to grow. And you're never, you're going, never to going to improve. You know, I mean, you'll improve by doing more because, you know, we always do. It's practice, right? <laughs> practice makes perfect. The more you do, the better you get. But having an outside ear say, hey, you know, this is how you could get better or drawing attention to something you never noticed because, you know, you're listening to your voice. So you know what you thought at the time. You know what you meant to say or how you meant to say it. But just because you know that doesn't mean it's translating. So having someone listen and be like, yeah, you know, I didn't hear the emotion in that. And me being like, what? No, I was so emotional. And he's like, didn't hear it. And I'm like, well, that's fair. <laughs> okay. So if the listener can't yeah, hear the emotion, I was not emotional enough. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, yeah, it's like in those books where you're like, all you got to do is we just all talk. make a thousand PFH just, just throw it out across phones, the room. You know? They just would have just had talks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love that. It's so for those that are listening, I may not know the reference to that about the thousand dollar pH uh, per finished hour. There are a 
bunch of people online that will do these videos of, hey, do you want a quick and easy job? You too can narrate audiobooks and get 400, you know, like what is, what is the highest I've seen it? Close to 2000 per- 400 to 1000 yeah. PFH. And just go through ACX and, and here you go. And it's like, not only are you lying, but- yeah. Like I've never seen anything in the 400 to 1000 PFH in the two years I've been on there. Never seen anything listed. And also like if you do any research into it, you know that audiobooks are the probably the most amount of work for the least amount of money in the VO industry. (laughs) So Because of the whole concept of it's not just you're only getting paid. So per finished hour means if the book is eight hours, you're only getting paid eight hours. That does not include the fact that where are you at? Is it two every two hours for one recorded hour? What's your rate? De- depends on my outside noise. But like yesterday I got, I was at about a one to two, but then there are some days where it's a one to three, one to four, you know, it'll vary based on how many accents or voices or whatever I need to do. So it, it varies, but we'll say I'll average it out. We'll say one to three. <laughs> so that means for every one hour of recorded book time that you're going to listen as a listener, she's done it for three freaking hours. That she's not getting paid for not to include, then there's the editing and all these other fun little things that come back into what it includes to be and the prep work and that all this stuff that has to happen that you guys are not getting paid for. So when we see videos like that, we're going, you motherfucking liar. Right. <laughs> like, how dare you? Just how dare you? And if it is true, where the fuck have these jobs been? <laughs> right? Right? Like, I would love that. I would love that, man. Like, you know, take, what, 12 jobs a year, maybe at most. <laughs> Be like, cool, I'm set. I got my mansion in, like, Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. No, no, I don't. Yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, at this rate, I was like, listen, I know I'm not in my head. I don't sound like I would be, but I'll get coaching. <laughs> It'll pay right back after that, what, two books at that rate, depending. Right? <laughs> and then I'm set. Yeah, like training would be so much more expensive if that was the actual pay rate. Like, <laughs> yes, it would be, especially if you're doing it with the right people and they're qualified. But yeah, so that's what we, when we ref- reference that is uh, unfortunately, like in any kind of gig, right? I mean, there's the same thing in every industry in one capacity or another, where it's the whole get rich quick scheme. But I love that you actually call them out. You've done videos on that stuff. <laughs> On your tiki taki and on Instagram and things like that. And that's the, the thing that I'm like, I love about you is that you call a person out for the bullshit. And I appreciate that because I'm like, <laughs> I kind of want to, but mm, she does it so I just, much better. I, I don't like liars. It makes yeah. me angry. It makes mm-hmm. me so angry, which like the two truths and a lie. I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm like, <laughs> oh, I don't like lying. No, I don't like it, Viviana. <laughs> Think so of it as, <laughs> that that is more of a fun game where you're showcasing your acting skills. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason I read other people's work and not come up with my own, but like so it's fine. I outsourced some stuff. <laughs> my girl. <laughs> So to me, it's also like one of the reasons why I love listening to you is as you're telling people off and calling them out on the bullshit, you have this calm, relaxing kind of a voice that just brings everybody to like, listen to me. I am telling you the truth kind of concept, you know? And I'm like, she's really good. I'm not into scams, right? Right. (laughs) Right. You're like, I know this is all bullshit right now, but I'm going to tell you the truth. And it's just like, yes, keep talking. I was having a stressful day and I just need to chill. (laughs) Well, you know, it's one of those things. And like, I I do get very, I mean, a lot of those videos are, you know, fourth or fifth takes. (laughs) I've had time to settle down. (laughs) Because my moon sign is a Sagittarius. There's some fire and like, blunt honesty under there. And I'm like, all right, take it back now. Because you know, talking to people like Ruthie, with the emotional intelligence training and stuff, it's like, people take criticism and yelling the same way they take a physical slap. So nobody is going to listen 
if I come at you basically throwing verbal hands, right? <laughs> so, although sometimes they deserve it. Blatant misinformation, scammy misinformation. I do get a little short and a little in your face. And occasionally I have raised my voice. So. <laughs> but I try not to. There's a way to say it where you don't have to be the loudest in the room to be taken serious or to be listened to. And I think that that's also where not only the professionalized, but also the emotional intelligence that just because you're being loud, does not necessarily mean that you're going to be taken serious. Well, and there's, a, and there's a whole thing about like being loud and wrong right now. I say right now, but I feel like it's just always been there. We just see it more prevalently now because of social media. But yeah, being loud does not mean you're right. <laughs> so Yeah, usually when there's someone's being that loud, I'm going, what are you trying to hide that you're trying to cover up and things like that? And sure enough, something is found later on. <laughs> so, yeah, like... yeah. <laughs> Usually. Yeah. Yeah, but you also use your platforms not only to call out these kind of scams, but you have done a bunch of educating of to the community from the authors to the listeners about the whole process of getting books into audio from an author's perspective, even from a narrator's perspective, because you've gotten a lot of the so I, I was told I have a sexy voice. Where do I start? <laughs> and also the whole thing where, you know, authors think that the books cost $50,000 to produce for five hours. Oh, yeah. and- <laughs> I was just sighing. Sorry. That makes me so sad. No, no, I know. I know. But that's why I've, when people, I've had the conversations and I'm like, for more in depth, look at here. And I provide them with a link to your video because you do it so eloquently and well, and there's no need to reinvent the wheel when it's already been done. But you do do that. So that's the other thing too, that I, one of the reasons why I adore you is that you provide that educational moment to people to kind of learn. Where does that kind of inspire you to do that from? I don't know. I've always wanted to, there's always been something like in me that like wants to teach people. Maybe it's the INFJ, maybe it's the Capricorn, I don't know, but I would rather teach somebody to do something than do it for them. But also, because then they're going to figure out whether or not they want to do it themselves anyway. And also when information is hard to find and hard to process because you don't even know what the terms are, I'm like, you know what, I already did this. So let me break it down in like more bite-sized way. Here's what this means. Here's what this means. I'm honestly, I'm trying to start like, I'm, I'm thinking about a newsletter. I just don't know what I would say, but I'm thinking that like on the sign up, I may just send out a PDF like specifically for authors that's like this is a breakdown of how the audiobook process works just have it in pdf like you sign up for my newsletter get that it's not there yet i'm thinking about it i just think that it's so important to have that knowledge because again it's like those scam videos where it's like oh it costs you know 1000 pfh and then you read about these companies that have articles that are like it costs fifty thousand dollars and it's like um i'm sorry what yeah, no and if it did, I would do one book a year. <laughs> right. Like, if it did, I would not be on the clock app trying to uh, peddle my wares. <laughs> just be like, I'm good. I did a book. I'm good. And there's yeah. also the whole information of there are different nuances to the costs. And you've done a really good job with, you know, from the production side of things to the cost of the narrators, because you guys all have different fees and different goes into it. And there's the marketing side of hiring an up and coming or a new narrator versus a established RC Bray. <laughs> Right. right. <laughs> so his rate's going to be a lot, little more expensive than your rates, for an example. But experience says a lot. Right. You know? Experience. They're probably going to bring him into the studio, which is mm-hmm. going to be more than just me doing it in my home studio. They probably have a director. I don't know. Maybe RC Bray probably doesn't need a director, honestly, but they probably, probably have an engineer doing it like on site. So you're paying people. And when you're brought into the studio, I think you, I could be wrong on this because I have not been brought into a studio, but I know for multicasts, you are generally paid actually per studio hour at that point versus per finished hour. So yeah. And we all start somewhere, you know, we've done 
royalty share only, I can't talk, royalty share only agreements exist, royalty share plus, like, yeah, there's just so many different options that I think to lump it all into, these books cost $6,000 to $100,000 to produce is a lie and usually perpetrated by companies trying to sell you something like AI narration. So, and yeah, if you use a production company, it might cost more, but you know, they have different avenues to publishing houses. They have different avenues for marketing that do cost more. So, you know, you just have to weigh what you can and can't afford, what you're willing to invest in, et cetera, because audiobooks are an investment. They are not fast cash. So, and also from the production side, a lot of people don't understand or know that if you're from an indie perspective, and you don't use the production company, you as the author are doing every single damn thing from figuring out who that narrators are going to be, finding that editor, unless the narrators do it themselves. And there's other nuances that go in, you know, post-production, audio proofing, all that fun jazz. Whereas what you're paying the production company to do is to do all that for you. Yes. yes. <laughs> and sometimes like a, it worth the money, girl. <laughs> oh yeah. That time cost like benefit analysis is like, you have to decide what you can and want to deal with. If you want to pass it off to a production company because you're like, I'm hands off. I don't have time for this. Great. It's going to cost you a little more, but you have gained now back the time to write another book, for example. Or you're like, I don't have the money for that right now. And I'm willing to put in the time to promote this and work with a narrator one-on-one -on -one and maybe maybe provide feedback, you know, depends on the author narrator relationship. Yeah, there's just there's so much it's it's never as simple as these articles make it sound. But it also doesn't have to be as complex as I'm making it sound. <laughs> so no, I don't think it is. I don't think you're making it sound complex. I think that there's different. I kind of like looking at it as you know, when you're taking a like a map quest, right? Like you're looking at a journey. And if the, if you decide is it yes or no, if, it, if you say yes, then you're going to go this route. And then another set of questions is it yes or no. And depending on that answer, you go to that route and you'll avoid end up, tolls yeah <laughs> and at the end of the day you're going to end up at the end just with a different result i'm not doing these fucking audiobooks or hell yeah and this is how i'm doing it so it's just all about doing your the research and finding individuals in your circle and community that have some actual experience versus and i hate to say it there's a lot of fans out there that think they know what's going on in the community and the industry and they mean well they truly sure. do but find yourself a subject matter expert that is, you know, has been in the industry for a while or that's someone that can connect you to someone that is in the know. And that's inclusive of you. I mean, you've done so much research and you're also being great about sharing the information. Sometimes people don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and there's maybe reasons behind it, but you know, you're being very sweet and kind and gracious by sharing the information with others. It might be sweet and kind. I don't know, but it's not entirely selfless, right? I mean, <laughs> there's a part of me that's like, I'm giving you this information because maybe you will hire me or one of my yes. friends. Like it, it's not completely selfless. <laughs> I would be lying if I said it was like, ultimately it is a business, but I also do want to make it accessible because I do think that all of these stories should be in audio. I do think that we should be giving people with visual impairments the same quality that we would for, you know, people who can afford, you know what I mean? You hear the accessibility, you're like, oh, I'm using AI for accessibility. And I'm like, no, how about people who need that accessibility actually get the same quality of book rather than being like, oh, well, that they're fine with AI. I'm like, oh, that's, I don't like it. It's a different kind of, I guess, a kind of ableism and I, I don't like it. And, you know, like I offer this, you know, obviously in the hopes that I get hired or that my friends get hired, but mostly so that authors can make an informed decision. If they choose not to, if they choose to go with AI, I can't stop them. But at least now they have the knowledge. And I also hope that people can come to me 
for that information. Like it's almost as great as seeing someone be like, you did my books like so well. It feels just as good as someone saying, I love when you answer questions I haven't even asked yet. Like it's the same. Like, and also yeah. the whole thing is a community. So like being able to uplift everybody is what I want in a community and in a job. <laughs> so that interaction and that uplifting of people and what they've worked so hard to create. I don't want to gatekeep. I want them to have the information and make an informed decision. And there is so much information out there, unfortunately, can be very overwhelming. And if you're not the type of individuals that knows how to sort through, you know, Google searches as to, you know, what's a sponsored ad versus actual information, or you don't have the time. I mean, a lot of the authors are, you know, working 40 hours at a day job and then family and kids and responsibilities and the dogs. And there's this thing called sleep. <laughs> yeah. Me neither. I always say I'll sleep when I die. It's, it's going to end up being in my tombstone slash urn, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> finally asleep yes right and probably coming back and saying yo really seriously <laughs> i have a list of people i will be haunting for fun <laughs> so work's never done girl work's never done <laughs> It's a lot of information. And also as from the community, there's a lot of people that are not, you know, don't do well with so much information. It's overwhelming and overstimulating. So to be able to come to one source and one person and say, hey, help, <laughs> what does this look like? And then you're able to clear that out. It's a lot. And you're also doing it from a smart perspective as well from a business. It's true where, you know, anytime that we share info, we are being nice and kind and sweet, I think, because we're not gatekeeping. But we're also making sure that you all know that these are the subject matter experts. They know what they're talking about for a reason. So consider them for next time. They may not be the right fit for that book that you want right now, but now you know a girl. Or, you know, and even they can be somebody who can connect you with somebody else. Like if someone comes to me with a book and I'm like, you know, this is not for me, but I know somebody who it is for. I know somebody who would do great and you should talk to them about this. But again, that's the whole part of the community thing. Or I've had authors recommend me to other authors. Like it's all, it's all about networking. And, you know, the other thing when you're talking about research, is that stuff is changing constantly, right? Like yes. even in the last six months, Findaway has changed a bunch of different things. So you can go to a website that's from like 2020 and it's going to be completely different than what's actually happening in 2022. And to sort through that and be like, what date was this published? It doesn't really make any sense. And so I'd rather kind of do like up to date things like I just found out about this and this is what's happening here and this has changed here. And it's just, you know, brief-ish because I ramble, but like three minute videos that I get to the point, although I I don't always succeed. <laughs> <laughs> Part two. As someone that owns a few businesses and is busy from, you know, and can life can be overwhelming where the house is a hot mess. The fact that I can say, okay, I need to figure out if there's anything new today with guarding audiobook industry. And I can just go to your feed, to your account and just do a quick check is okay, great. Because I trust you. One of those things where it's to have someone in your community and someone in that circle that you know that you trust to have some of that info is good. And also knowing that you also share the info with others and others might be a good source as well. So you've done that too with other authors that have shared information regarding diversity and inclusion or some of the AI stuff. It's great to have that resources handy for someone that is really busy and sometimes just can't. <laughs> And also it's in your ear. Like it goes along with the audiobook thing. Like somebody can listen to this brief three minute video while they're waiting somewhere versus trying to research and figure it out. Like at the doctor's office or something. Now it's just right there. Yeah. There has been one or two times where I'm like, oh girl. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm in the doctor's office lobby and like, listen, y'all, I'm listening to something. So you're good. Okay. You're good. No shaming. <laughs>
The other thing that you've done, which has been fantastic, and it's inclusive of the community and lifting everybody up, is the M audiobook takeovers. Tell us about that and how that came about. Yeah. So Allie and Ruthie, Allie Dane, Ruthie Bowles, and I, we all kind of started around the same time, just kind of actually bonded in friendship on TikTok. But we had been talking for a while kind of about how we always see these reviews of romance novels where they're like, oh, Teddy Hamilton, Joe Arden, you know, all of the big male narrators, right? And we're like, yeah, okay. But and they're like, five stars. This was duet narration. Who who was the femme? Who, who was that person whose head you were in that entire time for like 50 to three quarters of the book? So it was just it was just one of those things where it's like, it's so frustrating because even physiologically, because our vocal folds are generally not as large as men's, we actually it's actually harder for us to do different voices, etc. Generally speaking, just physiologically speaking, right? They have a bigger range than we we do. So we have a harder job. It's usually more of us and we never get that same kind of love. And it's so, it's not disheartening. I don't want to say that because we do the job because we love it, but you know, it's also like, oh, okay, well, you know, I worked really hard on that too. Hmm. And then, you know, the overturning of Roe v. Wade was happening. And then we were seeing <laughs> all the thirst traps advertisements of the Verba thing. Yeah. And we were like, <laughs> and so I don't know if it was Ruthie or Allie, it wasn't me, full disclosure, was like, you know, we should do something about this and then I think Ruthie kind of took the reins and was like let's do a femme audio takeover we're gonna have authors submit characters powerful femme characters like claiming their power in some way could be in the bedroom could be on the battlefield could be like internally did they overcome something like it was it, so it's very wide it's just about a woman embracing herself and her power and we reached out to authors and we're like hey send us a snippet we tried to keep it three minutes or below tried to keep it around 60 seconds although I have never been successful with that and just reached out and was like send us your stuff it's marketing for authors like they send us their book cover we read the snippet and we link it back to them and it's just an appreciation of femme narrators doing powerful femme characters just to remind people that we are there too and also again it's a marketing thing authors have more people seeing the book they're writing whether it's finished or a work in progress and also we are essentially advertising what we can do as well so it's kind of like a win-win across the board and we've done three so far four but I think the November one last year was very small just because it was around the holidays. I think we're going to be doing it again in July of this year, an annual, like our anniversary, anniversary. So yeah, it was just like, you know, love on us too, please. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it is a topic within the community. So let's start here. The romance genre is written by, usually traditionally written by women for women. And we, as the listeners are traditionally cis females mm -hmm. and we tend to listen and insert ourselves as the heroine and we're right. imagining all these things being you know thanks to you guys you're telling us this as if you were my monologue as a narrator but yeah. we've done I think a disservice some narrators and some and the authors as well when all the community does is oh my god when so and so says this word is so tingling in the nether regions or they're you know when their focus is solely on the performance of the male narrator where sometimes they've only done the epilogue for fuck's sakes it happened i saw it i was like are you fucking kidding me <laughs> um you know and all because they were a well-known narrator in the yeah. community as far as sounding sexy the female the narrator has done all these like crazy characters and voices and performance and done the work from behind the scenes too sometimes you guys as the femme narrators are also the ones casting the male if you're producing the book are also doing the edits sending out the info like hey we need to doing the admin side of the work right scheduling all this fun stuff they just show up read a couple lines and they're like damn that guy mm. i'm like 
seriously, people? The whole story was part of her POV. Like, right, tell us that. Right. And authors sometimes feel that too when reviewers will, you know, post on social media and say, you know, so-and-so has done so great in this book and I can't wait, but they don't mention what the name of the title of the book is or the author. Oh, they're mentioning the book title, but not the author. It's getting better. As with anything, I think it goes when some people are shown or shared that this is happening. Others try to make a better conscientious effort to be more inclusive of both narrators. I still think that there's way room for improvement, specifically in some of the fandoms out there. But I love that you guys not only did it, the three of you, but you brought other femme narrators into this. It made it into a whole community thing where we have well-established narrators doing it as well as up and coming and new narrators doing this with books that are not even in audio. And that was the other thing too. I was like, ooh, that should definitely, I mean, they all should. But that one could be in audio. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's great exposure. It's great exposure for the authors. Like I said, their works in progress or things that are already out there that, yeah, may not be an audio and the authors get to hear it for the first time and hear how their words could be interpreted. And yeah, and also it was just like kind of a community bonding thing. And yeah, I think like Ruthie said, like we didn't expect it to grow like it did. And while we posted videos about it, you know, it's the clock act, the algorithm. It can be completely just like whatever. We don't know who's going to see what. And (laughs) they actually did shadow ban a couple of our tabs. That just means you've made it. (laughs) There's that too. Right. They were like, "Mm, there's too many of you using this tag and y'all didn't pay for any kind of sponsorships. And now, but yeah, it grew from, I know we had a bunch of people the very, the first time we did it, a bunch of people who were like, I didn't know about this. Can I still do it? We had still authors messaging us like that day who were like, can you do mine? And so I would send and be like, I can't do it today, but like this person is totally willing, send it to them. So it was a lot of hooking up different people as well. Mm -hmm. And then this last one was huge. Like more people knew about it. There are so many videos just from this last time, um, April 25th. So many narrators, so many different books, people, you know, who only have one or it was just really, really cool. And like the TBR list has expanded exponentially. (laughs) And like there were narrators I didn't know who I saw pop up for the first time on my feed. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I didn't know about you. Follow. And same with authors like, you know, rising tide floats all boats. There's there's no reason not to have a community. Especially one that is for women by women. (laughs) Whole concept of romance. Yeah. And it was great, too, is we had. It was predominantly women authors, but we also had um, like a bunch of men, a bunch of male authors reach out and had us do like blurbs, mm-hmm. um, scenes from their book, which is really cool because we're not trying to like say no men allowed. Like that's not the goal because, you know, men write women, powerful women characters too. Like so the whole thing was to just empower women and also men who write powerful women as well. Just a little bit of like an appreciation day. Like you can, out of the other 364 days, appreciate your sexy male voice, good girl growls. And the rest of the time, that our one day, let us have our one day. Yeah, and let them have it. Seriously, folks, the male gender, let, let us have this, you know, support us, share it and things like that. Don't try to overtake it or make it about yourselves. Part of growing and building that community and empowering everybody, because there's also, I mean, you brought up a great point. There are a lot of male narrators that write romance, but other genres as well that have these, I mean, I'm thinking sci-fi and, and fantasy have these epic women battling oxes and, and, and orgs and space travels and they're kicking out these heroines and I'm like that's the kind of book I want to read I just didn't realize that it was in the fantasy and then now I saw so-and-so narrated and now I want it yeah 
it was cool to get I got a few more like horror this time around and I'm like yes yes because I mean don't get me wrong I love I love narrating romance but I love narrating anything and sometimes I'm like you know I just did narrate like five books of smut so I would really love to like I don't know kick an alien's ass or something right now funny in the years that I've done this I have a question with the authors about of all the genres that you've written in like what genre have you not done yet that you want to or that you are wanting to get into in general that you haven't yet horror (laughs) exponentially growing the genre that the guests want to be part of and that's inclusive of the narrators because that's also part of the questions that I have what have you narrated yet and they're like I would love to do a horror and I'm like who hurt y'all? Um, <laughs> no. Everybody, everything, everywhere, Everybody. all at once. No, <laughs> no, it's that whole like who done it times ten. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. But considering too that a lot of the darker romance has some of those darker fantasies in it, I don't. I kind of see where maybe leaving the bit of that smut behind, but still telling that darker tale comes into more of a horror. Right, right. Um, or you get into things like yeah, like the body horror kind of yeah it's just pure no romance or horror. like I'm working on prepping one right now dealings in the dark by Samantha Morin and it's complete horror powerful woman but complete horror no romance it's so good I'm very excited yeah and those are the things sometimes we don't discover new to us authors because you guys are posting about it or sharing or have these kind of conversations with others that were like yeah we're doing this and I'm like I didn't know that was a thing the whole like horror like I knew horror period but there's some that are writing like horror mysteries and horror romance. And I'm like, so body and stabby one minute and mm, you're hot the next. Love it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a romantic suspense times 10 on, on the levels of uh, intrigue and horror stuff. But I love it. <laughs> but thank you for doing this, you know, being part of the community and doing this, you know, some audiobook takeover. I think that it's something that is very empowering and powerful for listeners and readers that are also discovering new to them authors and narrators and potential stories that we're like, ooh, she made that sound extra good today. Let's let's check that out. And it would have <laughs> never been something that you would have picked up right. before. Right. right. Absolutely. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and so many people know, I mean, again, like the clock app and like Instagram, so many people know other people who you don't know. And then suddenly your network is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's so fun. Like, it's it's been fun. Yeah. Definitely discovering you guys and seeing uh, on TikTok. That's kind of how like the whole like bouncing like, oh, okay, there's Paige. And that's how I, you know, <laughs> Ruthie and some other authors. And I'm like, ooh, I'm not going to remember her name and I'm going to kill the pronunciation. But she's, uh, her book's not an audio yet. Uh, my God, but she has that cover that's gorgeous. It's a plus size woman. It's about werewolves, but it's not because it's from Latin America. Oh, Nemi of City and Feathers. Yes. Yes. I believe Ruthie begins working on narration for that in the next couple weeks. Yes. But I mean, that's how I discovered her was through you guys having mm-hmm. the comment and also with Verba. There is a lot of bad things that was coming yeah. from Verba, but there was also a lot of good stuff when it came down to the community building. <laughs> that came out well, of yeah, it. yeah. You know? like we all band together against mm-hmm. a common enemy. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Craziness. So that was one too that, you know, I found her book and I'm like, damn, the cover is fantastic. And the storyline is very detailed intricately and done differently than others and as a girl who loves her paranormal and her shifter that was like on my to be red list all this kind of community building is fantastic y'all are not helping the enabler in me by the way for that thank you but i love it (laughs) (laughs) sorry not sorry yeah it's like well you know Paige said it was good so i just blame you okay i'll I'll take it i'll take it yeah yeah not a problem thank you for that (laughs) 
Let's take a quick break to share a word from our sponsor. Here's a sneak peek of Ash by DJ Krimmer. Commitment is not my thing, nor do I want it to be. After the things I've been through with women, I have sworn off relationships. There's only ever been one woman that I thought I felt pulled to, and I blew it. Not only was it the best date of my life, it was also the worst night of my life. Since then, I have become a nail-and-bail kind of guy. But then, Sunday Sutton bursts back into my life and ends up living with her son and their pet, Chicken, across the hall from me. There is no avoiding her or her radiant presence. Everyone at the shop loves her. My sister loves her. Every time I open my mouth, I make it worse. But when I need a date to a wedding, Sunday is the only one that I can think I would want to be there with me. In fact, she's the only one I want to be with anywhere. Ash Johnson is unbelievable. He's arrogant, conceited, self-absorbed, and he's everything I do not want in my life. We had one night years ago, and ever since he has been awful towards me. Well, I am sick of him and his nonsense. It doesn't matter anyways. My son and I have a few more months until we are back home in Alabama. But when I find myself living across the hall from him, I can't help but be caught up in his charm. Ash could be easy to love if only he would let people in to see the real him and not this shallow version of himself he projects. Back to the fun. When you're narrating, you get all these different storylines and you were sharing how you, you know, you're doing horror now. Is there a particular type of character that you love to voice and narrate? I mean, anyone's snarky, really. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's also fun to be like, I don't get cast in it often, but sometimes it's fun to be what you're not, which is kind of like that bubbly, like sidekick who's like super cheerful or whatever. I get to channel like my partner, like he's a golden retriever. So if I get to channel him, it's a lot of fun. But that can be tricky sometimes, especially when you're narrating a series and that one character that you gave this bubbly personality to because they had that one scene in that story now is the lead heroine in, in book five. And you're like, how am I going to maintain this? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of a lot of caffeine. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, that's that's the fun part about basic being an actor. I mean, it's easier for me to if I'm narrating, you know, I'm. The character sounds like this, like one of my authors, DJ Krimmer, is writing her tattoo shop series. It's a group of five, and I'm the voice of all the females in all five, and Christian Leatherman is the voice of all the different males. But they're all completely different, with completely different accents. But the second book, Atlas, Ren, the female character, is me. Like, there was no acting involved. She, I told DJ that I'm pretty sure that she recorded conversations between myself and PJ (laughs) put them in her book there is actually a scene where Ren is dressed up for like a club and she's wearing high-waisted red pants a black keyhole top and like a 1940s trilby and I was like did you stalk my Instagram like my personal Instagram not my video she's like what are you talking about and I messaged her there's an image of me at the vintage store I work at wearing a black keyhole top high-waisted red pants and a 1940s trilby and she was like no I have never seen that before and I was like well this is amazing (laughs) So, but then, you know, in two books, I get to do indie and indie like is described as having a Disney princess voice. So I have to do that for like this whole book. And that'll be a fun challenge. So are we thinking, you know, Disney princess in the early stages where everything was like this and everything was just lovely? Or now we're a little bit more like 
you know, Meredith and, you know, Tangled, where we're like, really, folks, really? Did they give you that oh, info? Let me see. What did I do? Well, she said that she's kind of like a wispy voice. Okay. Let me see. Hold on. If this plays for you. What's the point of having world famous tattoo artists in your life if none of you will tattoo me? <laughs> so, lightly like that. Just She's just a little bit higher than me and maybe just a little whispery. But, mm. you know, she's also got MS because DJ is all about like representation. All of her heroines and heroes usually have potentially a disease or an illness of some kind or like are they dyslexic or they're partially deaf or something like that so indy's got ms and pots the wispiness is also it's also kind of a physical attribute i do love it when authors provide us with more realistic characters i mean don't get me wrong i love the tall six foot eight tough alpha with the six packs and the girls that they love and adore but i'm like um five five curvy plus and <laughs> sarcastic and uh <laughs> And it's nice to just be seen in some of these, you know, characters where he might be the hot guy, but he's after, you know, the girl that's the plus size. And I'm like, yes, 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 they do like us girls too. Yeah, that there absolutely. is nothing wrong with you because you have something like MS or you're dyslexic or you have neurodivergence or you're in a wheelchair, things like that. It's you're human and that's what counts. It's one of the things I do love about romance. Sometimes the journey makes yes. you want to throw that book across the room, you know. Well, sure. <laughs> But, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't real yes. life, too. Oh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and it's funny, too, because we'll, we'll post on there like if they would have only talked to I'm like, oh, shit, I remember that fight we had that one time because we didn't talk. <laughs> so never mind. <laughs> but also, like, you, you wouldn't have the book and the drama if it all worked out like the way it was supposed to. There wouldn't be. We're all like, oh, we hate the miscommunication trope. And I'm like, OK, but tell me for real. When was the last time you had an argument because of miscommunication? It was probably yesterday. That is real because it's sometimes it's just not that easy for people to talk about what's bothering them or things can be interpreted a different way than what was meant. That's still a miscommunication. And that happens yeah. all the time. So, yeah. So when people are like, I don't like that trope, I'm like, but it's real. I would argue it's probably more real than the one bed trope. <laughs> yes. Pro you know, close proximity trope too is another one. Right. Which don't get me wrong, I love that. But like, just every I've always seen so much hate on the miscommunication trope. And I'm like, wait, do we hate that because it's the most real? Probably. <laughs> like, because it happens in real life more often than the rest. And this is supposed to be like a fantasy kind of escape. Or the results are different, I think, too. I mean, if you think um, about it, yes, the reality is we all have a miscommunication, but I'm not miscommunicating with the billionaire that's going to take me to a nice vacation when he tries to make it up. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? right. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, the Same reward thing. is different. Yeah, the outcomes sometimes are a little different. <laughs> Was well, the same thing like when they have that the billionaire trope with the office romance. I'm like, none of my bosses that were male look like that. And You're right. uh, yeah, mm -hmm. and zero yeah. of them were billionaires too. <laughs> yeah, now my internship did not end in a, <laughs> in a high rise luxury result career either. So yeah, it's fantasy for a reason. But I also love it because you discover things that you might have not realized that you wanted to do. Whether it's traveling or, you know, baking kink of some sort and didn't realize that that was actually a kink and then there's a name for it. And you're like mm -hmm, diving into that rabbit hole. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Has there been a moment like that for you when you're narrating, you're going, oh, not so much the kink stuff, but in general. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think because I think the stuff that I'm I'm so boring. I think the stuff that I'm drawn to is something that I'm already interested in anyway, in some way, shape or form versus being like, oh, this is new to me. And maybe just also because I read a lot before I started narrating. I did a vampire supernatural thriller series, but it's very kind of FBI investigative. And I'm like, oh, man, it would have been really cool to do be like an FBI investigator. A different one where it's a mystery thriller, but the main character was a major and a professor in like mythology 
for indigenous cultures. And I'm like, yeah, that'd be really, really cool to study. But I already think that. <laughs> so I don't know that I've come across anything new where I would be like, yeah, I did an MC romance. I'm like, yeah, I've been on a motorcycle. That was fun. I don't know. Well, there's options and opportunities are endless to come. So when we talk again, right. and have you on the show. Like, so right. and you're like, remember that question? <laughs> now there's like a list of things. <laughs> that I didn't realize that right. I was going to try. Right. I might be more interested in pole dancing now. I just prepped another book and she's a pole dance classroom like instructor. So maybe I'm more interested in pole yeah. dance now. Dude, that's hard. It's yeah. not easy. Oh, I'm, <laughs> so much respect. Like, they're so athletic and like the bruises. And yeah. I mean, like, first of all, fucking heel. Forget, I mean, I'm not well, yeah, even that. going at the pole yet. I'm like, you want me to wear what again? <laughs> Right. I'm like, how about I not? How about I start in my yes. bare feet? <laughs> That's going to give me a bit of a better improvement to start just to be able to walk. Yes. Um, <laughs> Without these extra 10 pounds on my feet. The length. People in romance were, were like length. I'm like, yeah, it's still, but those heels are not what we were talking about. But yeah, there's a lot of videos out there. And there's been a couple of really good books where pole dancing involved and looked at from an athletic perspective versus just what traditionally society thinks of it, which again, is just one of those. It still takes artwork to get that done there because you know, girls hugging upside down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, they're not falling. They are 100% yeah. athletes. Yeah. Still haven't done the courage to get a class one of those, but maybe one day I will. <laughs> I, I would love to, but they always have like a recital at the end. And I'm like, you know, that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to learn oh, yeah. how to do this. I don't want to go out and actually perform in front of anybody. And also it's a little pricey here too. So there's an entire one that was around here in my area that was actually more for a type. Oh, so you had like Zumba and then you had pole dancing, <laughs> you know, as far as, you know, movement of body, exercising, improving of health. I was looking into it, but the timing was never right. Thankfully, they did not have to do a recital, a recital afterwards. It was surely just from a movement perspective, which I value when it comes down to exercise and body imaging and body positivity and so it's one of those things that again one day maybe but i have some spare cash and you know time <laughs> right yeah when you do that book that's one thousand right, per right. finished hour absolutely totally we'll make a group uh, uh, event yeah, out of it you know oh, but then i might it. have to do a second <laughs> book that year that's just so much work. Mm, we can all chip in you don't oh, have to do it all okay. for us well, it's as okay. long as we're splitting the cost yeah <laughs> yeah we're splitting the cost <laughs> At the next convention, Paige and Viviana. <laughs> and nobody wants They're doing what? And nobody want to see that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Or maybe they do, but it'll be this like a giant, about... like, crap, just like a, a traffic wreck you can't look away from. Photoshop what? helps. And uh, as far as, you know, creating this slides. Is a com this is actually a comedy or... show. <laughs> we're not showing you. We're talking about it as a genre and as a trope, people. Like, come on, folks. <laughs> Speaking of convention peopling, um, you've done, I think, one already, done right? Two. Um, one of them one was two. APAC, which yes. was like the Audio Publishers is... Association Conference, which was incredibly informative and an amazing way to meet a bunch of people in the industry and also fellow narrators on TikTok. I met so many of my TikTok friends in person. It was wonderful. And they're just as awesome in person as they are in the little square boxes. Then I have, and then so the week we came back, randomly popped up on my Facebook feed. But somebody was like, oh, we're at Scares That Care in Williamsburg. And I was like, Williamsburg, Virginia. And it was a horror book festival or book convention. And Williamsburg 
Denver is only 45 minutes from us, so we drove. PJ made me because I was like, I'm tired. I'm into, I don't like peopling. He was like, come on. So we drove and we made a ton of good connections, like a bunch of good connections, which was so much fun. Then I have Imaginarium coming up May 20th and 21st, I think, which is in DC. And PJ and I are going to that with Ruthie. And then we're going to SAS in Norfolk, Virginia at the end of July. And then in September, he's going to Simple Signings in Roanoke and I'm going to Get in Witchy with it in Salem. Witchy with it's on my list of wishes I can go to. Yeah, that's fun. I'm going, I'm going as um an author's assistant. So like I won't own table, but because I have been her narrator, I'm going to like have like have some stickers and maybe some promo codes for some of her books as like kind of like giveaway things. Possibly also my business cards have the QR code link to like the audiobook sample. So I'm still helping her. We're still peddling her books, but also kind of peddling myself as well. <laughs> Well, a lot of folks that go to these events, because these events tend to be geared more to the eyeball reader, there was one event that was solely for audiobooks. There may be others coming up that might have that focus. We just don't know. And I need the sugar daddy. But that's a different conversation <laughs> I can't tell um, for so conferences. I, of, <laughs> I know. Okay, I can. If you need marketing or graphics and you want to be my sugar I, to do an audiobook conference, by all means, no, I'm just kidding. Stop. Someone out there is probably like, stop it. But a lot of these events are to the eyeball reader, not realizing that there is an entire group of us that love audiobooks and we're still reading. It's the same thing. We're just doing it differently. It still counts, folks. And so now I think events have started to realize that there is a desire to have narrators be part of the event and there is a draw, which means people will attend and so on and so forth. And it's great that you guys are actually wanting to attend too, because you guys are in the booth the entire time. Most of us are introverts anyways, and peopling takes a lot out of us. So going to these events, whether it's an author's assistant, we love it when we're like, oh, that's your narrator. Like, oh, oh my God, yes, your page. And then we're having you sign the books too. And you know, we're bringing you other things to sign. Like a stuffed penis. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's romance, folks. It's happened. Thank you, Meg, for mine. Uh, <laughs> there's a story behind that. I'll tell you oh, later. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But people, fans get creative, though. Everything from t-shirts to totes to, you know, the frame mats and stuff like that. And being able to connect with other authors and, and narrator friends, but also the listeners will tell you how, you know, the way that you perform that, that got them all emotional or they're the girl that never cries at books. But when you read it, they were yeah. bawling and you're like, yes, winner is me. <laughs> my goal is cry. to be like a one-click narrator for somebody where they just see my name and I'm sure you already oh, are. I would love that. Somebody who's not one of my authors, because I do have authors who are like, I'll buy anything you narrate. And I'm like, stop. <laughs> you count, you count, but you don't count. Right? They don't understand. <laughs> I've had friends that are in the community that were in the industry and they're like, oh, I listen. Like, listen, I love the fact that you love me and that you're listening, but you don't count. Like, what do you mean I don't count? Like, right. because you, you love me. I want it to be someone I don't have uh, like already yes. a relationship with because there's already that like internal bias, which I mean, again, I love you and I'm not discounting. I love that you support me. Thank you so much. But also you're kind of supporting me by paying my mortgage. So, <laughs> so no, I just want to be a one click narrator for somebody who has no personal attachment mm -hmm. to me whatsoever. Yeah. And I'm sure that you are. So folks, if you are a, you know, one clicker for Paige, let us know. If you, if, <laughs> it doesn't matter what she narrates. Yes. One day she will narrate the Encyclopedia Britannica and you don't care. You want it because she narrating it also that'd be kind of interesting to see what you do with it <laughs> right <laughs> the dictionary we'll start with the dictionary well we, it's not a lie when we say we will listen to you guys narrate anything there's a reason why we say that and audible actually took that and challenged it and i think they actually did in april fools for and it was the encyclopedia and when you know sebastian york says cheese and gives you some definitions of that it's just like awesome <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm sure again, definitely know that you have those individuals that will become if they have not already been like, oh, Paige is narrating and I'm buying it. Doesn't matter what the genre is, doesn't matter what the tropes are, she's narrating it. So tell us. Let us know if you are a one clicker for her. I'm sure she'll appreciate it. I know I would. Uh, I will. I'll send you a free sticker. Aw. <laughs> the, the new stickers that you have are the ones with the new logo, right? Not yet. We're um, oh, actually okay. We have somebody working this week on like merging our two together so we can actually have like a page and PJ logo for a business card. But those aren't available yet because I want to order those business cards and individual and together stickers all at once so I can do like a bulk order <laughs> <laughs> versus like kind of piecemeal. So right now what I have is like what you see on my little icon with the hat and the initials. Those are my current stickers. Yeah, well, folks, her new logo is, I mean, it's so you, you know, and I mean, it's like when I saw it, I'm like, that's so Paige. And I didn't even know that you worked at an antique store, or vintage store either. I was like, I thought that was just like how you, some of us are like that. You know, we love the, the old, like right now, my former living room has a bunch of projects that I need to get to that are from vintage and antique items that I'm going to refurbish. Nice. Yeah, I work at a vintage clothing store one day a week, mostly for the discount. Yeah. I work at a cheese store on Fridays, also for the discount. Yes. Hey, that's smart, girl. You know, <laughs> you know, get my cheese fix, get my hat fix, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, and just also the right amount of peopling, I think, too, right? Right, right. I do start to fizzle about four hours in and the shifts are like five to six hours. So, <laughs> but that's also when you're rearranging the shop and you're going, mm, I did not realize this was here. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I may have bought a new hat a few days ago. Yep. See? Yep. <laughs> not my fault it's purple and it's 40s and it's adorable if it sparks us joy why not i right? say yeah because well, you know money but <laughs> <laughs> but when the money is there and you're able to do it because you've done all the adulting and responsibility and everything's been paid for you right, have right. that cash why not if it brings you joy absolutely i can't take it with me and i have cats not kids so like yeah well the fun thing too now it's all part of your brand so technically it's a business expense. right i can start writing off their uh their cats. yes <laughs> Yes, totally. Just, you know, dress like that for a conference and you're done. I do. I do. I wear the orange hat now. <laughs> yeah. This is also where I have to put a disclaimer. I'm like, I am not a lawyer or anybody to do with taxes, <laughs> folks, but I do know business stuff because that's my background. So there's a little bit of knowledge there, but not everything. Right. I mean, I have to prove that I can't wear it for everything for, and don't wear it for anything else. Yes. It's only for me. I do have to feed the cats regardless. So sadly, I can't write off their cat food. <laughs> I know. Right. Yeah. And, eh. It's not like they're their proof or audio proofers either. So mm. one day, right? I mean, <laughs> maybe I just, I need to start like doing cat noises, like purrs. I'll just hold them up to the microphone and start selling it and be like, see, business expense. Well, you know, they say that the purring of, of the cats is very healing and ASMR mm -hmm. can also totally work into that aspect for you. When you and your calm voice and then all of a sudden purr in the background. I mean, why not? <laughs> right. I think they should allow that for audiobooks, honestly, like just behind the whole romance thing. You just hear a cat going, <laughs> the whole time that like, that's my room tone. My room tone is just going to be cat purrs. <laughs> you know, someone's going to be like, did they forget to edit this out? <laughs> <laughs> but if it's consistent, <laughs> did they really did that side of a job? That they forgot? <laughs> or am I missing? Or did they do that amazing of a job? <laughs> yes. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, wait. And then you get the next book. You're like, hey, what happened to the cat? Where's the kitten? Come on. We want the cat back. <laughs> Appearances by Dresden and Odin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'd be great. 
<laughs> and one less thing you would have to worry about. You wouldn't have to come up with that noise for yourself. Right. You know, they'd earn their keep. I, hey, I have, um, I just did an $800 on Friday vet bill for one of my dogs and then 127, I think yesterday for my other one. I've had conversations with both of them about having an only fan club or something like that because they've got to start earning some money. <laughs> I mean, dog and cat toe bean photos. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> Cute little bowl. Here's some, here's some cuteness. There you go. That's going to be $10. <laughs> Friends go straight to the vet bills because you were say, sharing before how you don't like to lie, but I do love to play a game with my guests called two truths and a lie. Just again, think of it as acting or you're going to tell us three things about yourself and we're going to try to figure out which one is not true. So whenever you're ready. So two truths and a lie. First thing. I love to cook. Second thing. I am not a very forgiving person. Third thing. I would never skydive. Those are very wide range. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you guys get creative when it comes down to this. Is the other reason why I love doing it that like, you kind of discover like how creative or how you're gonna try to get me kind of a thing, and it's part of a journey too. Like you guys really sometimes dive deep into it. Others love to cook, love to this, love to that, and I'm like, really? I went for mundane because <laughs> I feel like mundane's harder to figure out. <laughs> Yeah, I know you're fine. No, I love it. It's one of those, like, it also gives you a little bit of insight to the personality <laughs> as well. So that's the psychologist in me. I love it. <laughs> so you're, you've provided the three things being you love to cook. You're not a forgiving person and you will never skydive. That was me. Really? Sorry. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Shoot. These are all very, I guess this is that Sagittarius. Okay. <laughs> as a Pisces, I understand <laughs> being along the lines okay um is the lie that you've never skydived no my it was i would never skydive mm -hmm. you've done that you would never skydive so that's not the lie that's not the lie oh wow really you would want to jump out of a perfectly well-done plane okay no i would not i would never you would never yeah okay so that's not the lie um you love to cook that is the lie i despise cooking with every <laughs> fiber of my being it is the worst i will vacuum and do dishes before i cook oh my goodness <laughs> I hate it. You hate it? It's, I'm like, I could be doing so many other useful things right now. But you have to feed yourself. It's like redoing a vintage piece, you know, where you don't have to do that, but you have to eat. Well, but don't, and don't get me wrong. I love food. I just don't like prepping it. Okay. I hear you. I want it to be like brought to me. I want like Jiro in my kitchen making me the best sushi on the planet mm. is what I want. Okay. <laughs> Well, it's work, which I despise, like the whole, like, what do you want to eat as far as and then having to prep that is, I see it. I personally love cooking, but I can see where it's a pain and then having to do the cleanup afterwards. So I, 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 I understand it. So you're in it becomes like an event, but I'm also so picky that I'm like microwave meals. How dare you? <laughs> so it's this catch 22. <laughs> I don't have a, well, okay. So there is a microwave in the house. I don't use it. I've never had. Mm -mm. Not since I've been adulting. I don't like microwaves. I don't like cooking. So I will reheat things in the oven or um, in the skillet. And then I'll change the profile because I'm adding stuff to it. So all fun stuff. But then I have to remember the pots and the pans got to be clean. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> just like, mm, it's just, just not worth it to me. <laughs> so not a forgiving person, huh? No, I'm not. I'm a Capricorn. And uh, like Sagittarius is my moon. Capricorn is my earth. And I'm like, mm -hmm. no, like still talk to you, but probably not. Yeah. I'm like, I remember, I remember what you did. Ah, Capricorns. My mom was a Capricorn. I don't really forgive and I really don't forget. <laughs> so like, yeah, I don't know that I'm as like obsessive about it as say like a Scorpio might be, but I'm just like, no, you did this. It's very matter of fact. It's not like overtly angry. It's like you did this thing and I know you did this thing. 
and we're done door slam yeah and you're right it's not as bad as a scorpio will let you know yeah uh (laughs) well there's there's um there's also that inner peace that you get by slamming that door shut. Yeah, mine is not as like vicious or like vindictive, which I mean, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I wish it was, but I'm uh, <laughs> just like, you know, because I don't actually like conflict like at all. But yeah, no, if I see people doing other people dirty, I'm just like, nah, Mm-mm. like I don't have to deal with this toxicity. Yeah, I remember that. My mom was a Capricorn. <laughs> well, my mom is a Libra and my dad is a Pisces, <laughs> so... Pisces are so sweet and we are sweet and we do wear hearts on our sleeves but when you piss us off and my dad's a former marine and his temper like yeah got better as he got older but yeah. and I love him dearly we're very very close yeah but it's just the whole like a lot of people are like oh the astrology is a, is a sham I'm like well you know there's some some of us that are really zodiac driven it's always funny I don't I'm not planning my life around it but it's fun be like okay yeah yeah I can relate to that yeah I do find it fun too or when you or when you read something you go oh that ex- <laughs> <laughs> I never identify because I'm actually only a Capricorn by two degrees, right? I'm December 21st. So I'm the winter solstice. And up until like three years ago, I thought I was a Sagittarius. And then I have my chart done and I'm like two degrees a Capricorn, but Sagittarius is still my moon sign. So like internally, I am very emotional and like want to just travel, super loyal to my family, bluntly honest on the inside. And then my Capricorn is like, no, nope. be honest, but also... <laughs> Nice. Well, not necessarily nice, but civil. Lay it out in a way that will get things done. But like, I never understood being a workaholic until I discovered narrating. Because I'm not a workaholic for like any other part-time job or full-time job I've had to do. I'm not like, yes, I can't wait to go back to the Amazon warehouse. I'm like, no. I can't wait to go be a shift supervisor at Starbucks. No. I would do the bare minimum to get paid and leave. Whereas like now PJ's like, baby, you need to take a day out of the booth. And I'm like, how dare you? Treason. <laughs> well when you find your passions right it's totally tough yeah exactly exactly and like when I'm out of the booth I'm like oh man what do I have to do when I get home I need to do this thing and I need to prep that like he's like stop it like yeah yeah especially when you just start the vacation and you're still thinking about when you get home you're like can we enjoy first the vacation before you come up with a to-do list of what needs to happen when you get back from the vacation (laughs) nope nope not at all like, I, maybe if I write the to-do list before the vacation, so it's ready as soon as I get home. Like, okay. Like, it's now out of my brain. It's on a piece of paper. And I can be like, yes. And even then, I'm still like, what if we're late? <laughs> but it is important to get away from the booth. As someone that also is very passionate about what she loves and is a workaholic for that one particular passion kind of a thing, it's important to step away. You'd be surprised how... I know. I know. I know. Says the girl. I know. <laughs> I logically know. But that's also good that we surround ourselves with folks that tell us, go do this, get out of the work environments. And then they're like forcing you to do it. And you're like, fine. I don't like you right now, but okay. And then you get regenerated and then you go back to the booth. Well, you know, and then the other thing too is like, because PJ is part of my business, sometimes we just have business meals. <laughs> <laughs> See? Oh, you want to go out to you know, a restaurant? We're, let's talk about work. Business meal. The heroine and the, and the hero eat out of this type of restaurant. And they're having research. a, yeah, we should do some research and product knowledge on that because it was a heated argument over the, the sushi. So, right. yeah. It makes perfect <laughs> sense. I'm glad you get it. Oh, totally. I, yeah, <laughs> I can HR anything, girl. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's a skill set to power, superpower Love of mine. <laughs> also known as an enabler. So yeah, either way it works. <laughs> you work with words all day long. Do you have a favorite word? And if so, which, what is it? Aside from a curse word, because that's the second part of the question. <laughs> <laughs> you have had to ask. 
Yeah, I've had to add that little caveat, but y'all are like, fuck. I'm like, no, oh, no, it's not what I meant. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever had to use the word, but actually one of my favorite words is coagulate. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I think I first watched so the Resident Evil movie, the first one with Mila Jovovich as Alice. I love that movie. It's like a guilty pleasure, but they talk about the blood coagulating. And I had never heard that word before when it came out. I think it was a senior in high school. I'm aging myself. And I was like, that word is fascinating. I don't know why. It just like feels good to say coagulate. It's like every part of the mouth. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm creepy. Coagulate. <laughs> yeah. Which again, it's also how you say it. I'm sure you can make it sound sinister. You can make it sound professional and <laughs> educational. You know, I'm sure you can even make it sound sexy to some extent. <laughs> It already is. Yeah. This is every part of your mouth. Yeah. Try it. Coagulate. Yeah, <laughs> so what's your favorite curse word? Oh, fuck. <laughs> I mean, it's what is the Monty Python skit, like the origin of the word and how it can be used for so many different things. It's a noun. It's a verb. It's an adjective. Like, it's so useful. It is rather good. And it can be so emotional, too, because you can make it when you're having fun, when you're having mm -hmm. fun, <laughs> when you're yeah. pissed or when you hurt yourself. When yeah. You're angry. Yes. It's just so yeah. useful. Whereas like to me, shit has always just been kind of like a one use thing. Or when something's bad. Right. You never bust out with, oh, shit. Like when something's good. Very rarely. But, right. you know, when I guess it could be like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's still more like surprise. <laughs> Yes, that's more like the aha, like I didn't realize this. Oh my God. Fuck has, uh, it just says a lot just by how you use it and elongated, where you elongated it. How much like did you put on there versus how many, how much like how long did you drag out the word? Was it short? Was it under your breath? So many different meanings. So useful. Before we go, can you tell us what you're currently working on and what comes up next for you? Yes. Hold on. Let me bring up my trusty database. I can tell you what I'm currently working <laughs> on because once we're done and I take a shower because I'm still workout stinky, I will be back in the booth narrating it. Sexy. <laughs> yeah. Sexy and sweaty, but for all the wrong reasons. Um, <laughs> I am currently narrating Courting Fate by author A.R. Coffer. That's A-R-K-A-U-F-E-R. It is a... It's going to be about 14, a little over 14 hours solo fantasy. And it's the first in a series of eight. And her second book is coming out shortly, Courting Destiny. And she wants me for all eight, which will be fun. But it's written in third person present, which is fun. And it's weird. It's something I don't think I ever had done before. And then two days ago, three days ago, I started listening to an audiobook, A House in the Pines. The mm -hmm. House in the Pines? The House in the Pines by Ana Reyes. That one's also written in third person present. And I was like, oh. Okay. So that's cool. That's a brand new POV for me. And it's interesting. It feels just very, I want to say Wes Anderson, because that's like the trend right now. Obviously he didn't, but that feels, looking at it feels very third person present. If I could describe a POV from a visual perspective, Wes Anderson just feels to me like third person present. I'm weird. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> What comes after that? So I'm not sure. So I was supposed to be doing a multicast for Hachette and it was supposed to happen last week, but the male narrator had to back out. So I'm waiting on that to be recast. So I don't know if that's next or if Ash by DJ Krimmer, which is the third in her Hell's Inc. tattoo series is next. So it'll be one of those two. And Ash is, Ash is the one with the pole dancer and the main female character. She's from Alabama. Her name is Sunday Sutton and she's fantastic. If you haven't read the first two, they're up on audio. It's myself and Christian Leatherman. It's Fox and Atlas and then Ash's third and it's going to be released in eyeball reading on June 1st and then Derek and Stevie are coming out the rest of this year and that's the five book series. 
I love it when they kind of try to plan it as close together as possible. I'll wait for it because for me, it's worth the wait. I know some listeners are like, I will wait until everything comes out. And I'm like, yeah, I, I understand the logic, but then I'm also, they're not getting paid. <laughs> so Right, right. And DJ is also a Capricorn. So she's like this, I have contracts for these books already, like through the end of the year. <laughs> like she's already sent me the contracts. They're there, they're on my calendar. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll be thumb. Mm -hmm. I, I always suggest that like, just buy the books and then when all of them then listen to it it's not like there's another book you can't listen to it in the meantime but this way you already have and these it these are all standalones like they wrap up in the book like it's not like there's no cliffhangers each story is they're interconnected standalones so you don't have to wait you don't even have to read them in order if you don't want to like love those kind of books don't get me wrong I love a, a good overarching arc as long as I know if there is a cliffhanger as long as I know in advance I can mentally prepare myself for that moment I'm like but it's okay. But that's where I'm like, yes, buy the books, leave it in your, you know, you're going to listen and then make a note of when the last book comes out. If you have to wait until all of them, some folks are like that. They're like, I know it's a standalone, but I want to know what happens next to that, that one best friend that popped into that one scene. And I'm like, okay, that's going to come out in three years. So wait, <laughs> so just buy it now. You'll get it later. At least DJs, they're all coming out this year. Like I think the due date for Stevie, which is the last in the series for audiobooks, because, you know, she'll release the book before the audiobook comes out, but that's due on, you know, on Halloween. So that'll and Fox released because I have my database. Spreadsheets are sexy as fuck. It came out <laughs> February 10th. So February to, to like November is going to be that. So, you know, 10 months for five books. <laughs> it all works out. It's good. Yeah. And I do love a good spreadsheet. So I'm here with you, girl. <laughs> I use Airtable and I bought the template from narrator.life, which is like Andy Arndt's and it's specifically for like narration projects so like it has ugh, the cons I was able to obviously add on to it like my so I know I have an average of my words the my speech rate so I can give people their approximation of how long their book might actually be versus what ACX says it might be just and yeah I'm like I put in a column for royalty share I put in a column for taxes I put in a column for fucking taxes man when you're self employed the worst but yeah <laughs> things so they don't tell you when you're a kid and they don't teach you how to do in high school and college right. yeah right which should be like more important than freaking calculus yeah. i've never used any of advanced calculus the stuff in my life or even basic algebra stuff is very minimum but man balancing a checkbook would have been a good you know right or like if you're an entrepreneur like how much do you make out in taxes how do you need thing and yes they are quarterly <laughs> you make yeah <laughs> No, you can't deduct that because you got a loan for it. And I'm like, but I'm still paying for it. Why can't I deduct it as I pay the loan? No, you can't. You can't deduct a loan. You can deduct the interest on the loan, but not the loan itself. I know all these things. I'm like, I would have really would have liked to have been taught how to do my taxes at the very bare minimum of what all that stuff is. Yeah, there should be a college elective is like taxes for small business owners. Because even with business school, they gave you the overarching view of what you should be able to reduce and stuff, but not entrepreneurship at all. They do a lot of stuff for corporate 500 companies, but right. not that. I'm like, damn it. Well, yeah, because that's where they want you to go. Yeah, it's no fun there. <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> no fun it's no good i know no good at all yeah i just i'm glad i have my one of my bfs is a, a tax girl so she go to her i'm like these are all my papers you make it make sense <laughs> yeah I, I give her my spreadsheet make it, make it do the thing <laughs> so mines are color-coded too how about yours obviously see like yeah. and i have like the way Airtable works i can organize like my projects by status and then by release date like you can choose an order and how you want them displayed like multiple orders so like available but now so available like the status is the first one i have like it's available and like waiting for qc waiting for approval narrating reading prepping etc but then 
they're organized by either due date or release date. And then I'll just reorganize it as I add or change the status. It'll just change it. I'll put it on the list somewhere else. And I'm like, oh, it's so beautiful. It's, I love uh, you before now. I'm just gorgeous. like, that's you. <laughs> <laughs> Megan, the narrator Megan Tusi came up with, and I'm sure we, you know, she she shared it for that. So I heard it for her first. A lady in the streets, but a freak in the spreadsheet. Nice. And I'm like, we need to have that it, as a t-shirt. Do. There's a bunch of us I know. Yeah. yeah. A sticker or something. Yep. Like, I would mm-hmm. No, I'm sure I'll do totes. I'll do yes. stickers. We'll, we'll have to figure yes. that out. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Track so much. Yeah, it is. But I mean, it's talk about keeping the uh, sanity, the little that I have left anyways. I can't speak for you, but I'm probably also not, you know, with all this stuff. That's how we keep the sanity. The little that I have left is the yes, mm-hmm. spreadsheets. Otherwise, I'd be like, hmm. Nope. I mean, you constantly have someone coming to you being like, so when is this due? When am I doing this? I can just be like, here's my spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Awesome. Thank you, Paige, again, for being part of this year's audiobook loving series. It's been so much fun chatting with you. Likewise. Thank you for having me. It was an honor. I was like, she knows who I am. If he just knows who I am. <laughs> Fangirl. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, why is she fangirling? <laughs> uh, duh. Listen, I'm the girl that thinks no one listens to this podcast and I'm just talking to the void. I just get to talk to to you guys. It's always fun. Kind of like you were saying about the one click. It's nice to know that people listen and nice to have those moments. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's okay. I'll take it. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I appreciate you. Everyone, thanks for hanging out with us today. I hope that you've enjoyed this interview as well as the series. I will make sure to include all of Paige's (laughs) social media information so you guys can find it easily and not have to go hunting for it on the landing page of over at the Audiobook Loving Series page at Viviana Encounters the Books. And until next time, happy listening. A special thank you to authors DJ Krimmer, Tana Stone, Landon Beach, PJ Fiala, and all of our sponsors of the Audiobook Loving 2023 series. Visit today's episode post to listen to sound clips of some of the books we discussed and enter the month-long giveaway. If you enjoyed the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast series and you want more, join the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast Patreon for early access to podcasts, exclusive content like the Would You Rather game and dinner party guests, and additional incentives such as bloopers, graphics, and much more. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobook Thank you for joining Viviana and her guests for this podcast, and we hope you tune in again as we continue to celebrate Audiobook Month. The Audiobook Lovin' series is hosted by Viviana, the Enchantress of Books. Please make sure to visit the main page linked within the post to learn more about the entire Audiobook Lovin' series and the enchanting author and narrator guests who have joined us over the years. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving a review wherever you listened. And please follow us on social media platforms and subscribe to the Viviana the Enchantress of Books newsletter. Until next time, happy listening. Audiobook Lovin' hopes you have enjoyed this program.